Welcome to Cross Communities Podcast. We're glad you're here to listen today. We hope that today's message will strengthen your faith and help you to love God and people more. I invite you to take your Bibles and open them to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, we're going to continue our series. Uh, If you weren't with us last week, uh, we decided that Epiphany, which is a time where, you know, kind of the light bulb comes on, that this would be a good time to continue our late summer and early fall series on the Sermon on the Mount. And in that series, we began to see that if we believe that we are disciples of Jesus, which I hope you do, uh, then we should know His teachings. What did He teach? And one of the greatest sermons, greatest teachings that Jesus ever did was the Sermon on the Mount. We've been looking at how whenever a teacher called a rabbi in those days would call disciples or call students, we would say today, that rabbi believed that that student was capable not just of learning the information, but that that information would transform them and they would be able to live out that teaching in their world and continue the tradition of that teaching for many, many, many generations. So we saw and we were surprised that the the ones that Jesus was teaching and calling as disciples were everyday people like you and me. In his day and age, that was fishermen or the crowds that were gathering that were not the best and the brightest, but Jesus was saying because of what he was going to do, regular, everyday people like you and like me, Jesus believes we will be capable of being His disciples, of living out this teaching in our very lives. And that we can continue that tradition. Last week we began kind of where Jesus was was talking and moving from talking about the motivations of some of the negative behaviors in our world, like like lust and anger and rage and uh, some things along those lines, and beginning to make a shift saying here are the motivations that need to be transformed in our hearts to move away from these negative things. Now he begins to look at what are some of the motivations in our heart that will lead to the positive things that God has always been calling His people to do. And so last week we began to look at the first of three. We began to look at Giving alms. Now these were Jewish things, three things that most Jewish folk were encouraged to do uh, as a part of their faith. And that was to give to the poor, or almsgiving, to pray, and to fast. And Jesus begins to incorporate these into His teachings. So these are not left behind in Judaism. These are things that you and I are called. Last week we said there's no such thing as a non-giving Christian. This week we will understand that there's no such thing as a non-praying Christian. And in a couple of weeks we'll look at there's no such thing as a non-fasting Christian. We're called to do these things, but Jesus' teaching invites us in in a different way. Where it's not about duty, but it's about 
uh, living into what He has called us to. It's about good life. It's about the life that Jesus is going to give to you and to me. So today, we'll look at prayer. Begin to look at that. So let's read Matthew chapter 6, beginning at verse 5, and we're going to read all the way down through verse 15. Would you stand where you are in reverence to the reading of the Gospel? This is Jesus speaking. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive those uh, when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive the sins of others, your Father will not forgive your sins. This is the Word of God for the people of God. And our response is, thanks be to God. So if Jesus is our teacher and our Lord, what is He teaching us about prayer? That's where we're going to begin today. And and the first place where we'll begin is that Jesus teaches that prayer is to be secret. It should be done in secret. Now this does not mean, first of all, I want to say this does not mean All prayer should be secret. Because some of you are probably saying, well, didn't you just pray out loud in a church and we all heard you? I mean, are you already breaking what Jesus is talking about? No. Jesus doesn't say all prayer should be secret. There was time Jesus prayed out loud before the feedings of the 5,000. Jesus prayed His high priestly prayer in John chapter 17 out loud. Uh, Jesus prayed from the cross out loud. And His church in Acts chapter 2 as it began to gather committed themselves to the the apostles' teaching and to prayer together. These were corporate things. I always uh, find it somewhat amusing and somewhat sad when people try to take all of this literally, to say, oh, well, there should be no, no corporate prayer, just private prayer. But then, a few verses later, when Jesus actually said, this then is how you should pray, and gives what we call the Our, the Our Father or the Lord's Prayer, we say, well, we don't want to do that all the time because 
you know, that just gets ritualistic or too, you know, legalistic or those kinds of things. So what is Jesus saying? If Jesus is saying that when you pray, you should do this in secret. What is Jesus getting at? Why does Jesus say that secret prayer is so important to the daily life of a Christian? Well, first of all, he jumps right in and gives us kind of those those negative reasons why it's important that there should be secret prayer or prayer that is hidden away or prayer that is secluded or alone. And first of all, he says, don't be like the hypocrites. So he starts from a negative place. Now, you and I, when we think of hypocrites, we think of someone who says one thing and does another. But the understanding of hypocrites here is play-acting. When you see that word hypocrite in Scripture, often what it is referring to is someone who is play-acting, who is standing up to pray and play-acting about how righteous they are. And so look at me and how good I am and how wonderful my words are to God. That must mean that I am holy and righteous. Jesus says, don't play-act with prayer. He says, their motive, he begins to expose their motivations. He said their motivation is to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. I found one scholar that I read, he talked about, isn't it interesting that he mentions the street corners? Because you could pray down the street and maybe only be heard by, you know, your neighbors or maybe the people on both sides of the street, depending on how loud your voice was. But he says, on the corners, because when you stand on the corners, you get all the streets, all sides of the streets. You've got eight potential street sides of people that are listening just to you and thinking what an awesome person you must be. Jesus said, don't play act like that. Move away from that. And Jesus says, when you pray, Go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. This begins to get at the heart of why Jesus says secret prayer or hidden prayer or prayer in solitude is so important. He says first, your Father who is unseen. And later on, that this Father sees what is done in secret. This is important. Uh, this is an interesting thing that I found as I was praying and looking at this. Praying to our Father who is unseen. So when we move into a room and close the door, let me ask you a question. When you move in there, can anyone else see you? I hope the answer is no. Because I believe what Jesus is beginning to get at is if God is unseen, when you and I move ourselves into a place where we are unseen, it should be a sign to our very minds and bodies that we are moving in to God's space. We are intentionally taking time to move into God's unseen Space. That word for, uh, for a secret or unseen is the word crypto. You want to say that with me, don't you? Crypto. Ready? One, two, three. Crypto. Let's try it one more time. One, two, three. Crypto. 
It literally means hidden or unseen or secret. And if God is unseen and we are called to go into a place that is unseen on a daily basis for prayer, it should remind us that we are entering into where God is, into God's space. I was trying to think of them, how can I help you understand this moving into God's space? And the, the image that came up for me was a time when I was blessed to be in Hawaii. As the snow falls down here in Kalamazoo, Michigan, wouldn't you just love to be in Hawaii? Sunshine, waves, and we decided that we would go out to this place where we could do some snorkeling. And we had heard that there were honu there. Now, honu is the Hawaiian word for the sea turtles that swim around in the bay and are usually found around Hawaii. And I remember entering into the water, and sure enough, there were turtles. I mean, they were right there. You could see them lifting their head up, even as we were entering into the water. And we swam around, and I love to swim, and I love to snorkel, and so swam out near, and they allowed us to be near them, not touch them, but be near them. And they would watch you, and look, and I would be swimming, and I remember, you know, I had fins on, and I'm a pretty good swimmer. I was a high school competitive swimmer, and, and I, I would swim, but I realized that as I watched this turtle just kind of move like this, that as they would move, even in this slow way, they would all of a sudden just give one of those and be, whew. and I began to realize I could swim every day for the rest of my life, but when I enter this water, I am in their space. They are at home. They are there. And they're allowing me this beautiful privilege of being in their space. Maybe that's something that you can think about when you think about entering into a room, into a quiet place where you are hidden from everyone else, that you are entering into God's space. And you can be in there for a lifetime and you will never exhaust all that you will find in God's space. In fact, Jesus goes on and says that when we are there and when we pray, God who sees us in His space, in that secret place, will reward you. And entering into God's space is a beautiful reward. I want you to hear what this, this word reward means. It is the Greek word apodose. Do you want to say that? Apodose. It should be on your screen in English letters. Ready? One, two, three. Apodose. Let's say it one more time together. One, two, three. Apodose. And what we translate as reward literally means to give away what is your own. So when you and I enter into the secret place, when you and I enter into God's space, God sees that we have entered into His space. It's our desire to be with Him. And He gives away to us what is His own. So think about what is God's own? Wow. So God gives away love. 
God is merciful. God gives away mercy in that space. God is forgiving. God gives away forgiveness in that space. God is life. God gives life in that space. When we enter into that secret space, where when we enter into where God is, when God's space, He sees that and hears what we say and think, and He gives what is His to us. Wow. That is powerful, my friends. Have you thought about that? I would hope that this would then motivate you to know that to enter into the secret space, into God's space, where He sees and gives away who He is, it is a place of security. And that's our, our, second, our second idea, is that in prayer, we are secure. I think Jesus wanted to overturn or begin to challenge the mindset of the day that says, God is the one who will strike me down if I don't say the right words, if I don't, it's a nervous space to enter in. Jesus begins to flip this and begin to say, when you enter into God's space, your Father sees this and rewards. He gives what is His to you. So you should know that in prayer, you are secure. And that's why he goes into in verse 7, when you pray, don't keep on babbling like pagans. Some of you might be saying, well, you should have said prayer should be succinct. Isn't that what Jesus is really saying here? But think about this. How many of you have ever been in a situation where someone was insecure in what they knew or what they thought they knew or those kinds of things. And so they just keep on babbling, just keep on talking, hoping that the words will eventually line up and they'll say something of what they think they know or mean. Or they just get louder and louder making the argument that you know is not correct. There is sometimes an insecurity to talkativeness. And Jesus is saying... In prayer, we are secure. And so you can simply ask for what you need. In fact, he goes so far, he says, your Father knows what you need before you ask. That is security. When we enter God's space in secret, we can be secure in the fact that God hears and knows our need. God knows your need. Right then and right That is powerful. So this morning, I want to ask, how is your prayer life? If you've been nervous about this, or prayer just makes you you know, not sure why you do that, or what it's all about, I want to say I'm glad you're here, and I hope you will join us also next week as we also talk about next week's prayer. Because prayer is not only to be secret, it's not only to be entered into securely, but prayer leads to a shift in our focus. And we're going to talk about that shift next week. How fun was it that this week, as we were moving to talk about Jesus' call for us to be people of prayer, that our denomination 
the church of the Nazarene, would call its people into a week of prayer and fasting. And so this week we've been doing videos each day. I'll I'll record another one tonight and we'll finish up our full week. But we've been praying intentionally each night. Those are on YouTube and on our Facebook page. And much much of it has been about preparing us for this, this time and this week. This week, I want us to try something else. I want us to begin each day, somewhere in your day, to take at least one time to move into a secret place for you, where you are hidden, a room you can go and close the door. I know that homeschooling is going on. I know that kids are all around. It may be that you have to go in the bathroom and lock the door. That's okay. Wherever you can go that's hidden. And go with the mindset of I am entering into God's space. I want to be where God is. I want to be hidden where God is. I want you to think as you close that door, and maybe even if you need to, to lock that door. I want you to think, just like that lock is securing this place, I can enter here securely, aware that God knows my needs. And then we're going to begin to use the prayer that begins to shift our focus. As Jesus said in verse 9, this then is how you should pray. So I'm going to invite you, and I'm going to do this in my home. I'm going to invite you at least one time of day, find a place where you can be hidden. And simply and securely Say the Lord's Prayer. This really is the disciples' prayer. It's your prayer. It's my prayer. It's the prayer that Jesus taught us. It goes like this. Our Father in Heaven, hallowed be Your name. Your kingdom come, Your will be done on earth as it is in Heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive those. Forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That's simple. That probably took me about 15 seconds. So I don't want you to be thinking about, well, I don't know what words to say. Here are the words. This is all Jesus gave us to say. And I believe He was trying to help us understand that this simple prayer can be enough. That in the silence, in God's secret space, He sees us, gives us what is His, and helps us to feel secure in the fact that He knows what we need. And this prayer has been a prayer that shifts the focus for people who follow Jesus. We're going to get into more of what happens in that shift. What shift takes place or seems to take place. We're going to get into that next week. So I hope you will join us again. But for this week, 
Would you take the challenge? We'll send out some reminders each day on our Facebook page to remind you to just take a moment where you can be hidden. If you're in your office, maybe you go out to your car during that time. Whatever it is, wherever it is, would you take just those few minutes to go somewhere hidden, remember you're in God's space, that God sees you and gives you what is His. He knows your name. You can enter there securely and simply say this prayer that will begin to shift your focus. I hope you will. I believe this is a powerful beginning for anyone who calls themselves a disciple of Jesus who is called to pray. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? Jesus, thank you for reminding us that we are called to be a praying people. Thank you for not making it awkward and and weird, but reminding us that when we are alone, hidden away, we have actually entered into the space of your Father. We've entered into God's loving presence. And there is a reward simply for being there. And that being there in prayer. Your Father, Jesus, whom you modeled for us, gives to us. I'm blown away by that, but gives to us what is His. Love and joy and peace kindness gentleness, forgiveness, mercy, hope. God, that should be enough to make us secure in entering into that place of silent prayer. That hidden space with You. Call us this week. Remind us. Help us to right now even set reminders for each day Give us a place in our hearts to know where to go. Whether it's in the basement or in the restroom or in the car if I'm at work or out in the garage or wherever. Call us to the secret place. Call us into Your presence. If there is any hindrance, if there is any anxiety or worry about this, May we hear your words that you know our need. We can enter into that hidden space securely. Lord Jesus, as we literally pray the prayer you taught us each day, may it begin to shift our focus from whatever has captivated our attention back on to You and what You have called us to be and do as Your disciples. May this week be the beginning 
the church rising. Rising to be a beacon of hope, joy, and peace, and forgiveness, in gentleness, and in self-control. May we proclaim you as mercy. For we pray and ask all of these things through Christ our Lord who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. I'm so glad that you have joined us here today. Would you stand wherever you are and receive the final blessing? This is something I do every week. It's one of my favorite things to do, to send you out into your week with good word of blessing. So would you stand and receive this blessing? And now, may you hear the call of your Lord and Teacher Jesus to intentionally move into the secret hidden place, into God's space, the space where He and the Father are waiting for you. May you enter in there, not with fear and trepidation, but with an awed reverence, a sense of peace and security. May you find joy once again renewed as you pray the prayer Jesus taught us. And may it begin to shift your focus even before we meet next week to unpack the focus of that prayer. I pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy week to be with us here from wherever you are. Please fill out a a, uh, Connect card. Even if you're watching this at a later time than Sunday, we want to know that you were here. We want to make sure you have all the information about Cross Community Church that you would like to receive. Thanks so much. I pray and hope that you have a great week. Be safe. Wash your hands. Get a vaccine if it's available to you. And we'll join together next week right here. And we'll look forward to seeing you. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in to Cross Communities Podcast. We hope you will join us next week.